And I think the chickens have come to roost. Like if I'm Julio Jones, I'm disgusted at Falcons fans because at the end of the day, how can you be mad at me? All I've given this city is everything. 10 years. With or without whoever, it doesn't matter. They're going to do the numbers that they're going to do. Yes, they are. But we're going to do our number two. Yo, this is your boy, South 706. This is KTSE Ave, episode 55. We're going to do nothing. We just kick it. Uh, shout out to the Ox DJ. Check out Not Your Mama's Memorial Day playlist, volume four. Check out the Ox DJ. Check out the Ox DJ. Check out the Ox DJ. She's the homie. Support black business. Support black women. Oh, we got our usual guest, uh, Mr. Savage. And we're uh, still suspended, Marcus Sniffles. What's happening? Hold on. Uh, I'd like to start this thing off right now. Okay. Like, so I was actually listening to. I've been been uh, the um, Not Your Mama's Memorial Day playlist. We listened to that all weekend, and then uh, South Breeze, uh, the person who is avoiding my challenges, calls me on the phones and like, "Hey, man, you got to listen to this album before we get on the podcast oh, no. tonight." First of all, that was the worst album I've heard in the last. Two We're gonna years. we'll get to that. It we'll was get painful to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I, we'll get to that. I just we'll I, I mean the playlist. <laughs> was was great like it had a lot of the older hits uh from the 2010s from even the teens and the early stuff but that album that you recommended i did not recommend that it. put I me close to, that put me closer to my own deathbed look, and i can't I, get that time as back. a podcaster we have to do some research and this was for research purposes it will probably be the last time i ever listened to that album but anyways marcus uh what's going on doing good Feeling uh, a little bit healthier, I guess. Uh, this past month, I've been on a. I, I got challenged to do a the, the diet, and it was no alcohol, which was pretty easy for me because I don't drink a lot. Uh, no sugar, which was very hard because I eat candy pretty much every day, and no bread, pasta, or potatoes for this past month. Lost a couple of LBs, so I'm feeling pretty good. But uh, by the time this podcast drops, I will be back on my bullshit eating the same junk I was eating before. So I'm going to enjoy it now for the next two days. But then come June 1st, I'm I'm outside. Eating everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I'm doing, I'm doing intermittent fasting, so I usually try to fast for at least like 15 hours a day. So I'll stop eating with the exception of the day. So I'm drinking a beer. So I'm going to start at seven, but I'll fast from like 6 PM to 9 AM. And then I'll work out in the morning and working out in the empty stomach is not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. I'm lifting weights, running. Like I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to die. So I think that really is making a difference as far as like, seeing results and then just eating better. Like if you're if you fast for quite some time and watch your calories and try to stay under your max, be good to go. It's it's right. way easier than trying to just work your out with a bad diet. Your body gets used to it, honestly. Like I can't it's hard for me to even eat breakfast in the morning. Like I still eat like I still eat breakfast foods, but I don't eat until after I work out in the morning. So it's just like if I try to eat at like six thirty in the morning my body doesn't react the same as if I, when I eat like normally like around like 11 ish. Yeah. I'm definitely more cognizant of what I'm eating. Even though today I had a 
in and out for essentially breakfast, but that's neither here nor there. Ugh. Anywho, so what we're going to get in today is, uh, before we get into the real topic, just real quick, I, if you listen to the podcast, you know traditionally I do not watch movies. I strictly watch anime for the most part. Uh, that's just what yes. I do. Movies are overrated. Shout out to oh, movies. But I was randomly on Twitter and I saw a screenshot of the movie Uncut Gems. And the screenshot showed the protagonist, Adam Sandler's character, with a bullet in his head. And I was like, I had no intentions on watching this movie, but I even more had no intentions on watching this movie. So I already know it's going to happen. And Marcus was like, yo, still watch it. It's about the ride. And I was like, you know what? I got some free time, about a couple of days off. I'm going to vibe and check it out. And I'm not going to lie. The movie was pretty good. Like, Twitter kind of killed it. I feel like this is the last time I'm listening to you, you Twitter nignogs. The movie was pretty good. It was pretty chaotic. Uh, it was definitely a. It was very. Uh, it gave people. It gave me a little bit of anxiety. I was just like, God damn, like you're really living on the edge, my guy. But it, it was a good movie. And even knowing what happened at the end, it still came pretty suddenly at a point where I was like, Oh shit! Like, wow. I'm pretty. This movie is like two years old. But if you haven't seen it, it I highly suggest it. Um, I, I was kind of clowning people saying like, oh, this movie should go won some awards. I have to check the movies that came out, but it was it was pretty good. It was a great departure for Adam Sandler. I don't know if he's done any serious movies because I don't really bang with Adam Sandler like that because yeah. he kind of plays the same character every time, but <laughs> definitely a good movie. Um, I, I googled the, uh, the young white lady in the movie for research purposes. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish people would let me knew that this lady was in the movie. I'd have watched it sooner. She was a great uh, thespian. She she did great work as his uh, whoring girlfriend in the movie. So shout out to her, Julia Fox. Great great actress. Yeah, it was a it was a great movie. Uh, like Southbury says, it was just like you felt like you were kind of on the edge the entire time. Like this guy was. He was behind the eight ball the entire movie, and whenever you felt like, all right, he's. He's got ahead. He's caught up. He's good. I can catch a breath. And I was like, nah, we're going to kick you right back. Like, you're just, you're never going to make it. Never. It doesn't matter. And it's just, I, like, at, at the beginning, you're just kind of like, oh, this dude, this dude's a scumbag. Like, he doesn't deserve anything. And then, like, there's a point in the movie where all that changes where you're like, all right, now I'm rooting for this guy. Now I want this guy to be successful. And I want him to win. And he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did, but he 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 did. He did but he, he won. He won. He wins, but he loses. He should have won multiple times. Like it should have never came to that because he should have won. But because of his past, because of who he is and his, you know, his uh, what he's been doing, it just didn't work out for him. The thing that stood out to me was uh, Kevin Garnett. Actually, like so, even even so though he played that, himself, yeah. he did a good job at that. <laughs> Well, see, and this is the thing. I guess Twitter didn't give me enough information. I just thought Kevin Garnett was a character in the movie. I didn't know he was actually mm-hmm. portraying himself. And the whole storyline with the Celtics in the playoffs, it, it it fit really smoothly into the movie. I was like, oh, okay. This is pretty good. Well, like, Keith Stanfield was a, a dirtbag in the movie. Yes. Weekend was a dirtbag in the movie. Like, yes. A lot, a lot of problematic stuff going on there. But. They've been trying to do this movie for years, apparently. And, and the first person they went to to do this movie was Kobe Bryant. Like, they wanted to do Kobe Bryant, like, in the because Kobe Bryant was always in the playoffs. But it just didn't work because the Lakers play in Los Angeles. So what's 
how do you get Kobe Bryant in New York for that amount of time going from LA to New York? And it's just like, they don't play, you can't play a Easter. They're, they're not ever going to play the Knicks or the Nets or the Sixers in the playoffs. Well, to be fair, they could have just shot it in LA, but that might have, like I said, it doesn't work the same. It's not the same movie because it's not in the Diamond District. And then Mm -hmm. when they they went from Kobe Bryant to Amari Stoudemire, and they tried to get him to do that same. I can't remember why he he fell through because he, I mean, he plays for the Knicks, so it would have worked perfectly. But um, I don't know. I I, I just, I liked how um, authentic it was because there's no. There's no like real actors in this movie, like outside of Adam Sandler and uh, Lakeith and Adam Sandler's wife in the movie. Uh, who else? I think that's it. I think they're the actual only like credentialed actors. Everybody else is just everybody that works in the stores. They work in those stores. They're mm-hmm. like actual people. It's almost like how uh, Spike Lee does with his movies, where it's just like, hey, you you live in this neighborhood. I want you to be in this movie so it looks and feels real. So a lot of the people that you see in the back, like the guys, the goons, all them goons, those are just New Yorkers. They're not, at, you're not going to find them. You might find them in movies now, but they're not actual people that do movies for a living. They do other stuff. Facts. So if you haven't checked out the movie, definitely check it out. I feel like uh, Jif hasn't seen the movie because I feel like if she did, she would have definitely been talking about Miss Julia Fox. So I was very movie, surprised at one part. I was like, whoa. I was like, hold on a second. That's what we doing? That's what she got. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yo. Yeah, man. It was a uh, <laughs> but even her. That's her first movie. That was the first movie she did. God bless. God bless the, the casting uh, people that selected uh, Julia Fox. Yes, the, the Italian stallion. That's what oh, yeah. you'll find out. If you watch the movie, she's definitely the Italian <laughs> stallion. Jeff, check watch this movie for anything. Somebody said that was their favorite part of the movie. Like I was like, really? I like the movie it was pretty good outside of yeah. But anywho, speaking of uh thick stallionaires, uh apparently Thor is not thick below the, the midsection. Now, there's been a picture circulating of him shaming his child for picking Superman as his favorite superhero versus uh Thor. And uh, those pictures are pretty disturbing. I was actually debating if those photos were like Photoshop, but yeah, Thor's legs look like my legs pretty much. And I, I'm, I'm ashamed that, you know, we're losing the battle in the gym. Like the gym has two sections. You can do upper and lower body. So uh, he was getting body shamed. I don't know if that's problematic. You know, we're, we try to be body positive on this podcast, but I just want to get y'all guys quick thoughts on that. And have you ever been body shamed yourself? Yes, as someone with the uh, skinny legs, I I deal with this. I have the same issue that uh Thor has. Like I do, I do legs like three times a week, and like I'm getting a little thickness, like a little. There's a little bit of wiggle in the thigh area, but it it is what it is. Like my mom has skinny legs, my dad has skinny legs, my grandparents have skinny legs. Like I, I can only do so much. I ain't got big calf muscles, but I mean it's just it's just so weird seeing that like. To see people on it, like I went to his page and I was like looking at the comments. There were just so many people who were like, oh, chicken legs, skinny legs, all that stuff. I'm like, dog, that's fucking Thor, man. That's like a super, like an action hero figure. And we're still looking at his body and and saying like, that's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? And I just thought that was kind of weird to, to see people saying that. 
And this isn't the first time that something like this has been done. Like the guy that plays Aquaman, they did it to him too. They, they did it. They did it to Kobe Bryant. Now I don't know why I keep bringing up Kobe Bryant in every topic so far, but uh, it was like two years after he retired. Like he was, you know, chilling on vacation, doing what he does. After playing professional basketball for twenty years, he decided to, you know, maybe I guess take a break from the gym a little bit. And I looked at the. I remember seeing him, and I'm just like. He looks like a 40-year-old man that has three kids. Like he didn't look terrible, but he did like he didn't look like he looked when he played in the NBA. And people kind of got on to him about it. And he was like, all right, well, I'm gonna get back in Mamba mode, get back in uh preseason mode or whatever. And he got in the gym and got in shape. But I'm just like, did we really just bully Kobe Bryant into getting into shape when he doesn't play basketball anymore? Like, what are we doing? It's crazy. Well, I think a lot of people don't understand that it is a lot of genetics. Like, there's only so much. Like, no matter how many calf raises I do or squats I do or lunges I do or quad extensions I do, my legs are only going to get so big. It's it's genetics, man. Like, so I think it is a bit ignorant to kind of body shame people to a point because it's easier to accumulate more mass, I feel, on your upper body. Or maybe not easier, but it takes easier work, I guess. It's probably... Uh, less strenuous on your body to do bench press three times a week versus squats because people usually have pretty bad form in general. So that could take a toll on them. So I guess it's just a thing that it's not, it wasn't really proportionate, I guess. Like, I feel like you could have done a little bit more. You know what I'm and saying? He, might, he, he, might more body he, he, did, he clearly didn't put in as much effort. But like I said, it, these celebrities, he he's not going to see that. He probably doesn't care. He didn't see it. Like, Thor's never in shorts anyway, so what's it matter? But like I've said before, when you come in here with your comments, you know, about someone's body to celebrities, like, they might not see it, but people you know will see it. So you just got to kind of be aware of the stuff that you're saying online. You know, men are really just at a disadvantage. I mean... For women, you can get your breasts done, you can get BBLs, you can get tummy tucks, you can get gastric bypass, you can get your lips done, your nose done, your eyelashes, your nails, you can get waxed up Brazilian style and American style. What what can a man do? You go to the gym, you you've been going to the gym for 15 years, you still look exactly the same, South Breeze, uh, or me. Actually, yeah, I got a compliment saying I look the same as I looked like almost 10 years but, ago. Like but, but here's the thing. Young and, and full of them. But do men have to do anything, though? Like, if we're talking about, say, like men on TV, like when you watch TV or ESPN or anything, for, look at first take. You got the whatever Molly that's in the middle. She looks great. But you'll never, they'll never put a woman that doesn't look like that. Like, who was the woman before her? Carrie Champion? <laughs> like, you have to be a damn near supermodel. You got to be a supermodel as a woman to be on TV, unless you're really, really, really yeah, look good at, at Skip for crying out loud. I mean, he's in excellent shape, but he's clearly falling apart. Like, yeah. I think it definitely has some, some Kryptor, Skeletor looks to him. I mean, but you know, it's just, it, it's sad, you know, like, I remember once I wasn't even doing this on purpose. Like I, I guess I adapted the duck lips, and then people were like, "Oh, well, he's doing duck lips. He's gay." Like, what? What are you talking about? I'm just making a random camera face. But I mean, I've been picked on a little bit about my legs, 
my upper body, my receding hairline. And, you know, you just learn to roll with the punches. Uh, people like South Breeze who duck niggas like it's nobody business. You know, when I went, when I, when I drove 10 hours to show up to your wedding, you know, you criticize and critique me in front of everybody. And act like I don't remember, but you want to get on this podcast <laughs> and act like you're holier than thou, you greasy face black bitch. You're not. Jesus but people like you are the reason. It, it, it's, it's just what we go through as men. You know, you're constantly being critiqued. You know, are your legs big enough? Is your chest flat enough? Do you have that apex, eight pack abs? You know, or what's going on with your meat? Or what? You know, like it's all right, dog. What, what are we doing? I'm just saying, bruh. I went in the supermarket the other day and I asked the woman at Publix a question. She could not get her eyes off of my gray sweats. Like, it's just ridiculous. Okay. It, it is pretty ridiculous. Women are kind of getting a little out of hand here. Like, I know we've been inside for a, a long time, but come on, guys. Like, my eyes are up here. Like, don't don't judge me by what I'm wearing. Judge me by my the content of my character, please. Well, shit. Didn't Drake get, like, Plastic surgery, allegedly, and he's like the most popular. Well, I said he got a tummy tuck or something. You got like fake abs or some nonsense, but it's yeah. like, yo, like you're like the most famous, desirable, probably shit person in the world, most recognizable male in the world, and you still self conscious. Like, I think a lot of crazy. people are. That's crazy. A, a lot of people are like, you even look at like the like the Kardashians, like they they have to, you know. Uh, doctor every picture that they have on there. Everything that they post has to be doctored. And if if you put up an unfiltered picture of them, they will get that shit removed from the internet. It's just going to be gone. And then they want to cut. And it's it's. I don't want to say it's funny, but it's like they come back around now that's a little bit older, and they're just like you know you know the beauty standards for women is just way too high, and it's just like it's unfair to put that type of pressure on young girls and all this stuff. And it's like. That's what you've been doing. That's what you've based your whole like twenty year run on on doing like having these beauty standards up to an unattainable level. That's what y'all have done. Y'all have cashed out on that. I mean, to be fair, the the two younger sisters they they kind of they kind of needed that shit. <laughs> Kim and Courtney they was they was they look good prior, but yeah, the young ones they Damn, they definitely Drake had a nose job. Like, Drake is a wild dude. Why? I, mean, I get it. I get it. I just, you know, it's hard, man. Like in this internet, I don't even know if it's the internet age because I mean, people have been getting plastic surgery for decades, but I think now it's just a little bit more profound because it's like as a celebrity, you can post your own pictures and you see. I mean, you see what you look like, and you're just like, "Damn, I wish I could tighten, touch, touch it up, or do something like that." Like, you know, I got some grays in there. Maybe I can just kind of filter that out and now you can't now you can you can literally do that yourself so why not fair enough i i know that the uh the young thespian uh julia fox she does not need to touch up anything she you know she's a great great actress as i scroll google searches anywho let me get out that page my wife walks in here um no. let's see what else we got did y'all see this guy fieri shit do y'all can can anybody make that. sense of this? Like, bro, his shows are lit, man. I like right. Guy Fieri. So if you don't know who Guy Fieri is, what is, does he have like a catch line or something like that? This is like boom or some shit. Like, what, 
The B- yeah, yeah, boom, boom was one. Welcome to Flavortown. Yes, welcome to Flavortown. Yeah, yeah, the dude with the fucking wild blonde tips. He's slightly overweight. His show <laughs> Diners, Dives, and Drives is actually pretty good. I've gone to some of the restaurants off the strength of that show that I've seen. That they're legit, but I, I don't get how or why he commands $80 million, right? Over three years. So to put it in context, if Guy Fieri were in the NFL today, he'd be the 15th highest player. Think about that. That's crazy. That's insane. Like, how many shows at one time can you do on the Food Network? Bro, he He has three shows. Three shows. He probably carries the entire network. Between him and Chopped and um, the the bakery one with the kids, but it, it's like his stuff. His his he runs it. He he's worth every penny. He's entertaining. Um, I've went to at least six or seven places he's recommended, including the Vortex in Atlanta, which if y'all have never been, my God, their burgers are good. Make sure you don't. No, that you ordered a bad burger. Do you have like something with blue cheese on it or something? I don't remember. It was all right. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but I, I just saw what uh what a Chan said in the chat about what uh, uh Guy Fieri did during the pandemic. I, I do remember hearing something about that where he was just like big on helping like small businesses and small restaurants like stay on their feet during you know the the beginning of uh COVID and all that. So he I mean he has done a lot. I just I'm not a Food Network person. Like, I don't watch shows about cooking or people cooking because, honestly, it's too white for me. There's not enough black people. There's not enough black women on them shows. Like, you're not going to tell me that these old white men are the best cooks in America. Get out of here. I was going to say that, too. Again, I I guess we're going to make it the racist podcast again. But the the one thing that when I see these type of shows, like, I I do watch a lot of, like, uh, HGTV type of stuff. And uh, you'll see the show with the uh, little white twins. I watch that show a lot, and at this moment, I cannot think of their names. Uh, the white twins, the one guy is the real estate agent, and his brother does the renovations. Yeah. And I'm just like, those guys are worth, I believe, $200 million a piece, I think, Damn. To, to, like, be on shows and do rehab. And I get it, like... But I, that space isn't really, it doesn't seem like it's for us. Like, I think I've seen one black rehab show. And maybe, it's on us. and maybe it's on us for not supporting it. But I feel like maybe they're not put out there enough for us. Like, I know there's supposed to be a real estate show on Netflix with all black real estate agents. And I'm going to do my best to, you know, put my money where my mouth is to support that stuff. But it's like, damn, why we can't get. 200 M's just to go rehab houses. Like, there's 30 shows of white people all rehabbing and flipping houses. It's like, what makes them any more special than me or you? I mean, I, I, I guess maybe. Can BET rip this off? Can we get a BET rip off? Like, like, why doesn't BET do a cooking show? Why doesn't BET do a real estate show or a home renovation show? Like, any of these shows, like, or with it costs money to like maybe they can't afford it, but like, well, 98% of BET's budget is tied into rerunning Baby Boy, so that's yeah, Baby that's kind Boy, of the money goes. movie of all time. It took, a, it took a lot to get Martin reruns back on there, I guess. Like, they're just, they, where's the original content? Like, I'm sure they have some original content because I believe Tyler Perry is like causing havoc over there on BET Plus, but just like some regular, schmegular, you know, black reality shows where they're just like, hey, I'm a, I'm a DJ and my wife has an OnlyFans and we're trying to buy a house. Like, I don't know. 
Our budget is a million dollars. We want to live in Atlanta. Like even that all the time. The other shows is like, yeah, you know, I I, I make uh, figurines out of bottle caps, and my husband does a uh, freestyle dancing. We have a budget of four point six million dollars. Like, it doesn't. Wow. It never like, adds up. What do y'all do it? But I don't understand how they make money on that show. Yeah, so for the context, Guy Fieri's getting the bag. I guess he earned it, but I just I, I want to know what I have to do to get that bag. Like, what I'm kind of do to get like a, an eighth of that bag? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what do we have to do? Sponsors, if you're looking for us, holler at us. Definitely subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all that good shit. You know what I'm saying? Always be advertising. But kind of keeping to the uh, NFL lane, and this is where I'm getting my wheelhouse because I'm I'm sick and tired of you motherfuckers on Twitter, dog. Like I'm at the point where I'm even I don't even want to talk about this anymore. But it everybody saw the whole incident with Shannon Sharp and Julio Jones. Yeah, it's some real nasty shit. So if you haven't seen it, damn, I froze up for a second. Sorry, I'm I'm drinking. All right, so if you haven't seen it, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Shannon Sharp has a show with uh, Skip Bayless called Undisputed. And he calls Julio Jones on the phone because they're cool. You know, it's a Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Famer. I'm sure they have that type of relationship. And unbeknownst to Julio Jones, apparently he called him and not, and not telling him he's on the air. And Julio pretty much spilled the beans saying that essentially he is out of Atlanta. Right. So that became a big stink because, you know, of course, Falcons fans are the most sensitive people on earth. And they lost their minds because they've been hearing all these rumors about Julio Jones. They're like, oh, it's not true. We hear rumors every day. But now this kind of solidifies it. it this is serious. Uh, people came out. I think Ian Rapport came out and said that Julio actually requested a trade months ago, which raises a lot of questions for me, um, how this organization has continued to be run. Uh, apparently, the race slip with him and Arthur Blank has been fractured. Uh, Marcus has been a big proponent of Arthur Blank holds a lot of the share of the blame for this team's downfall. But, um, yeah, so th- it is what it is. The two faces out the two, you can't put it back. There might be a chance that Julio could reconcile, but it- it's hard. It's hard to believe that he's kept up this for so long. Like, and I feel like uh, Mr. Savage's team, the Jaguars could have a similar situation possibly because when you're an athlete of that caliber coming from coming from a stable that is uh, University of Alabama that is known for winning and they win, and you come somewhere and you're just losing all the time, that's got to do something to your mental. Like if you know that you're out there putting the work like Julio Jones, and I get it, you're Julio Jones, but I know people aren't putting in Julio Jones work. I think they just see that Julio Jones is just this physical specimen, but you have to put in the work. There's been plenty of physical specimens that showed up in the league and been trash, right? So if you're Julio Jones and every offseason you're busting your ass to the brink of death, putting in the work, catching thousands of footballs, and you know your counterparts to the left and right of you are not putting in that type of work, and then you're losing, and then you go through rebuild after rebuild, new coach, new offense after new offense, at some point you're going to get fed up. Like, hey, I'm tired of losing. I am potentially one of the all-time greats in the NFL. I'm being strapped to losing organization with losing players, losing coaches, everything. Loser fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, get oh, me out of here. Big time. Get me out of here. And I'm not mad. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, fuck Julio Jones. He's dead to us. 
you know, he's been injured, just trying to spout all this nonsense why now all of a sudden the Julio wants out that he's not worth the player. He's he's a loser. He's unloyal. And the crazy thing to me is the same people calling him unloyal and turning their backs on him are the same people teaching their kids not to be losers, right? So you're going to grow up and tell your kids, like, yo, you need to be a winner, be the best all you do, work hard, put in work, but continue to hang around with losers. Like, you're not, you, you would tell your kids the same thing. If your kid was the caliber of athlete to get scouted, would you want him to stay at a sorry-ass high school or would you want him to go play with some winners to get some better looks? Like, okay. keep that same energy, man. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know what, what they want from athletes at this point anymore. Like if, say Shannon Sharp calls Julio Jones and he's like, hey, dog, you you trying to stay in Atlanta? And Julio was like, it don't matter to me. I'm still cashing these checks. I don't care if we win or lose. Like are we still – are they still mad at Julio Jones because he's there just for the money? Like what is it that you – because he clearly – he made it clear what he wants, whether he knew he was on TV or not. Julio Jones wants to win. He came, he came from Alabama. He came from a winning organization. And now he comes to Atlanta where they have some success. They've been to the playoffs. But how many offensive coordinators has he had in his career? At least four at I'd this point? Five. He's had, he's had three different head coaches at least, and one of them quit. No, he wasn't there for that one. But they've had multiple head coaches during his tenure there. And like you said, he's getting older. He's done, he's done everything – a wide receiver can do. He's broken lots of records. He's had 300-yard games. I don't think anybody's ever done that before. He's had Pro Bowl seasons, all pro seasons. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been he's been the top he's been a top five receiver his entire career. You know what I'm saying? Except last year. Except last year, even though he 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 missed some he missed some games. But and and he's getting older and he's missed some games. Now he's starting to get a little bit more injured. So now it's like, do I want to risk the rest of my career? Missing the playoffs, putting my body through everything that I go through just to miss the playoffs again, or to go seven and nine again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to, he doesn't want to be Barry Sanders. He doesn't want to be Calvin Johnson. You don't want to be one of these all time great players that just played for a losing franchise. You're, and he, and Julio's different because he hasn't played for a loser his entire career. He's had some success, but like at this point in his career, I'm sure Julio would take a pay cut to go to a winning team. And and if if I'm if I'm any of these teams, if all it takes is one first round pick to get Julio Jones, send that shit now. Send it. What are we what are you I I guess we're waiting for June 1st. So maybe by the time this podcast comes out, Julio is traded. But if it's just like, hey, if, if the Falcons are asking for just a first round pick and pay that contract, his contract is only $15 million. And then what? Twelve million the next year? Yes, give me that. Well, a first round pick. Send it. Send me Julio right now. So the rumor is the deal has already been done. They just kind of waiting for June first, like you said. So I mean, again, there's really nothing you can do, and you know you can't really say much. And I don't know if they've even let him know what it is, but I, I feel like you know they might have already had something in the works prior to him kind of letting the cat out of the bag. You know, but it, it's a completely sad situation. But if you're Atlanta, you should be happy about this because you weren't winning a Super Bowl with Julio. You for damn sure ain't winning one without him. You should have went ahead and started your rebuild this year instead of drafting a tight end. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, you keep reing up 
with Matt Ryan, and I, I constantly look at players like a Drew Brees, which I know he's hated by y'all, or a Tom Brady, another person that's hated by y'all, or even these other guys that have taken less to ensure that other people can stay and play and people are getting – suck my dick. Uh, but you can ensure that people are getting paid what they need to be paid to keep the, the team together. And it's like, why are y'all holding on to a window that is broken? Like Matt Ryan time is done. Like he he's, I'm not saying he's trash cause that's not it. But for him being a, a quarterback that's worth $150 million, I seriously doubt you guys will ever see the playoffs again with Matt Ryan at the helm. Just being honest with you, pull the trigger on Julio. If you can get a first, you can get a second. If you can get a second and a third, a second and a fourth, do it. It, it doesn't make any sense to pay $15 million for a guy to continue to put up empty stats. It's time. The future is now. Go ahead and reset this. Now, I've said this multiple times on this podcast and the Durban Nation Report. If we do not make the playoffs this year, which without Julio – I would boldly say, even with the soft schedule, that's probably not going to happen unless our defense gets historically better. I believe last year our leading sacker was fucking Debo. I think it was like something stupid, like three or four sacks, right? Deion Jones. So unless that, if that happens, right, we don't make the playoffs. I don't care what the numbers are. I don't care if our numbers are good, whatever. If we don't make the playoffs and Justin Fields looks – as good as sold, then I have a lot of questions for this organization, knowing that Julio Jones, they're saying months ago, so the draft was months ago, right? They had to have an idea about this, that he didn't want to be there. So if you know Julio didn't want to be here, right, I know you don't have to trade him, right? But most likely at this point, that's what's looking like. If you know Julio didn't want to be here, and you knew that the purpose of drafting Kyle Pitts was due to the fact that you would have an offense that featured Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurston, whoever, because that's what could put you over the top, then that's a foul on the organization. Because at that point, if Julio wants to leave, then blow it up. Like, go ahead and hit the reset button, get you a guy waiting in the wings. I get that if you're doing BPA, yes, statistically they're saying that Pitts has the higher chance of being a Hall of Fame player. But, I mean, cool, he could end up being a Hall of Fame player for another team because if he continues to be a loser like Julio Jones has been here recently, he's not going to want to stay. And I did laugh at the homeboy. My homeboy Gary was like, yo, Kyle Pitts is going to request a trade or be a free agent in three or four years. I'm starting to say, hey, that could be a possibility. Like, who wants to hang around with a bunch of losers? Like, why be Tony Gonzalez? Why be a Hall of Fame player on a sorry team? I mean, and here's the thing with the – like, just how people reacted to – Julio's comments, like fans and sports media, we're we are not used to hearing athletes being that honest about like what they want. Like Julio was pretty direct. He was like, I want to play for a winner. The Falcons are not a winner in his book. And it's it's but that's telling. That's very saying saying something like that as an athlete should be normal. You should be able to come out and just be like, hey, I I don't I don't want to play for this team anymore. Like I know they drafted me. I've been here for three or four years. Um, they, they're paying me, but this is a losing franchise. Like the Texans are a losing franchise. The Cavaliers are a losing franchise. I don't want to be here anymore. I want you to trade me. And people should be like, you know what? 
the Cavaliers haven't made the playoffs in about six years. They haven't had a winning record in about eight years. That he's right. We shouldn't be looking at we we shouldn't look at Julio and be like, yo, even though Julio hasn't said anything controversial in 10 years, hasn't done anything in 10 years, has never gotten in trouble in his entire career, has never done anything wrong, never said anything, always been a te- good teammate, a professional, all that stuff. He's been that. But then he says one honest thing, and now we're try- now we're trying to kill him over it. We shouldn't be killing him. We should be killing Arthur Blank. Exactly. Ask Arthur for Blank. that organization. <laughs> you were you you. What have you surrounded Julio with? Like you've you've had all these. You've had different head coaches in and out of the building. You're letting great offensive coordinators leave and be successful elsewhere. You haven't given Matt Ryan a good offensive line to protect him to get Julio the ball. You haven't built a decent defense around that team yet. You're Hell wasting his TV time. Too long. That's the truth. Thomas Dimitrov, TB, they held on him way too long. He should have been fired years ago. Um, I remember with South Breeze, myself and some other nigger that we both know, used to always <laughs> pick on him about um, – you know, the Falcons, they should have fired um, – what was his name? I knew it was going to be trash. The D coordinator Quinn. for freaking Seattle, the Dan same Quinn. guy that we basically hired. What was his name? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. And we picked on you every day for a while about, hey, y'all should just kept Shanahan because Dan Quinn sucks. And I'm not going to name that person because they're so small and insignificant that their opinion doesn't matter. But the truth of the matter is – you could see that Dan Quinn was in over his head. Like, I know that you can't just fire a guy after a Super Bowl, but I think they held on him at least a year too long, and I think Dimitrov should have been gone a handful of years ago um, with the Ridley draft. 2012 draft should have been gone after that draft, but continue. Yeah, no team, no player is in the league anymore. Like, it's crazy. Not even in the league. That's insane. That's, that's the worst. It'd be one thing if they're on different teams. They're off the league? As a Jaguar fan, we've done the same thing, but it happens. You know, it happens. TD, y'all held on to him too long, man. And and at this point, um, I think it was year before last where you guys like traded back and then traded back in, and you got like two offensive linemen in the first round. But I felt like both of them were reaches. And then prior to that, the the Ridley deal, knowing damn well that you had Julio on the team and that you needed some sort of offensive lineman that year, but instead you wait the next year, double down. Uh, the Hayden Hurst trade now looks kind of stupid in retrospect because now you've spent the number four overall pick on a tight end. It's just been a lot of moves. Like even the, the with the girly stuff and the slapping and pasting old, oft-injured running backs, um, not being able to do anything on defense as far as um, other than Grady Jarrett, you know, the team's just not built very well at all. They're not built to win. Um, they're built to try to outscore people. And I think the chickens have come to roost. Like, if I'm Julio Jones, I'm disgusted at Falcons fans because at the end of the day, how can you be mad at me? All I've given this city is everything. Ten years. Yeah, a lot. I've been there a whole decade. I'm, I'm the best player you guys have ever had. Yep. And I immediately seen – some people that won't be named, but that are affiliated with, you know, stuff. No, I'm not going to do it because that's not my business. But people were immediately talking about burning his jersey. We're talking about, oh, he sucks. He's no good. And he's overrated. And it's it's just like, come on, man. This guy, he's giving it his all. 
let them have a chance to compete for a title. I mean, don't go to Arizona, but go somewhere to yeah. compete for a title. I mean, and this goes back to like, I mean, obviously before um, Deshaun Watson's personal off-field issues happened, I felt like Deshaun Watson should have been able to come out and be like, yo, this team is not good from the top down. The owner, the previous owner was racist. The GM isn't good at their job. I don't have, you're getting rid of all my good players. You got rid of Deshaun Hop, or DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. You got rid of a good running back for nothing. Like, why am I over here? But like Deshaun Watson had a crazy year last year. He had like, he led the league in passing yards with a crazy amount of touchdowns and like a 70% completion rating. And you're in, it wasn't enough. Like he should be, he should be okay, able to he's come a out. Pervert, so let's talk about somebody else. Well, yeah, but that, it, this is, I'm trying to use it as an example. Like I, I get should, your plan. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He, he should be able to come out like on a, and do an interview and say, you know what? This franchise isn't run very well. It's not, they're not surrounding me with any talent. Like I love my teammates, but these guys aren't good enough for me to win here. I'm doing the best that I can, but these guys up top in the front office, they're not doing their job properly. And we as fans in the media should be like, you know what? He's right. Let's look at the move. Let's break down the moves that the Texans GM has done. What has the owner done since Deshaun Watson has been here? Oh, they're not good at their job? Okay, Deshaun Watson is right. We should back Deshaun Watson in that. We should back all these players who are like, yo, I don't like what, what's going on here. These players should be able to come out here and say, my GM is not doing a good job because you know what happens if Deshaun, well, not Deshaun, if if a random player X isn't playing well, he gets traded, he gets cut, he gets waived, no questions asked. But the GM does a bad job. It's quiet, it's silence from Sports Center. You know, Shannon Sharp isn't talking about that. Well, let me address uh, King Quest 710 in the chat. Shout out to you. So he says that if Quintoris Julio Jones gets traded, he still has to learn new offensive playbook. So what's the difference? And I believe he took himself out the rest of the season. So the first part of that question is yes and no, right? So yes, in theory, he has learned new playbook, but he's not a quarterback. So it's not the same type of weight. And the second part to that is that the playbook becomes now whatever Julio wants to do because Julio immediately becomes the focal point of the offense. So they're, they're going to cater the offense to what Julio likes and make it terminology he can understand because he is going to be your best weapon. You're not going to be like, hey, Julio, we know that you're one of the top receivers in the league. Uh, we're going to you know make it a, a slow learn for you to figure out this offense. Nah, it's going to be like, yo, Julio, what are your favorite routes? What are your concepts? What do you understand? Does this make sense, Julio? Bet. Can you score some touchdowns with these plays? you like this? Bet. That's how it's going to be. It's not going to be Julio's going to be a ranking file player. Julio's I hope going he goes to, to Green Bay. Well, it's different. It's different when you're when you're a wide receiver compared to like being a quarterback. Like quarterback yeah, is you different. Don't have to learn. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to learn like an entire like you got to learn the offensive line's job, the receivers, read the deal, like all this other stuff. Like, I mean, with Julio Jones, it's like they can you know run the plays cater to him, and over time they'll they'll figure it out. But for me, like I, I want him to go to the West Coast. I want him to either go to the Chargers or the um, who's the other team. 49ers. He wants to win. Justin, I like yeah, Justin Herbert. He needs to go to the 49ers. No, 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 no. Okay. Hey, don't sleep on the Chargers. The Chargers had some injuries last year. Duran James missed some games, but they their defense is going to be really good next year. And if Justin Herbert takes that second year step, that dude has got a nasty arm. And you put Julio with him. Yeah. 
Okay. So, okay. Watch the Chargers. Watch the, the last, they stay the healthy. Part, yeah. I mean, okay. The last part is I believe he took himself out for the rest of the season. So what? Like, first of all, they rushed him back initially when the season started from a hamstring injury for, for essentially no reason. Like, they know it's like Julio's Julio. You got to give him his time to heal. He's going to come out there and put in work. But I think them rushing him back was negligent on their part. So, if like, yo, you got to look out for your best interest. If you guys are not looking out for my best interest, then, hey, I got to take a sick day. I got to take a couple sick days because you guys are going to try to run me to the ground to injure me, and then my value is going to be diminished. Nah, you got to look out for yourself. Like, that's human nature. Like, everybody's going to do that. If they know somebody's not looking out for their best intention, then you got to do what you got to do. So Yeah, I, but, I, I, actually, I actually hate when I hear about players playing through injury. I actually – I'm – I legitimately despise it. I don't care about these games. You shouldn't either. You need to care about your future and your family and your bank account. Because if you're over here playing through a torn hamstring or whatever and you get hurt, they are not going to honor your contract. They're not going yeah. to give you a bigger deal. Sit out. Like, obviously, especially with football, you can't play at 100%. Like, it's just not possible. But there's just certain things you just should, I wouldn't play around with. If I was an agent, I'm like, hey, sit, sit down. Yeah, imagine destroying your hamstring to only go four and twelve. Like that's ridiculous. yeah, especially for that team. If you're yeah. like, if you got to lose a record, sit that shit out. Bro. Yeah. So, and real quick, just to kind of wrap up this topic, kind of quickly, shortly. Uh, shout out to Aaron Freeman. Uh, check out the uh, Lockdown Falcons. He tweeted out, and this is what kind of spurred my thought process and just kind of made me just like, y'all are fucking stupid. He tweeted out, main thing with the Falcons losing Julio Jones, you introduce a lot more volatility into the offense. Julio is the son, the steady presence that is going to rise every day at predictable times, which you can base everything around. You won't have that anymore. And there were five people that quoted this tweet, and I, I want to read them quickly. Uh, and just to, you know, if you didn't understand that, if you don't watch the Falcons a lot over the years, when Julio is not in the game, that offense becomes pedestrian. Like it does not work anymore. I know that's, you know, partly a function due to the offense square. they not be creative, but again, Julio is the fucking gas that makes the engine run. So the homie, uh, your host, Mr. Chef Sheffield, Cedric Sheffield quotes posted quote tweeted. This is actually a good thing. And I know Aaron probably scratched his head and probably slammed his head against the wall. Some other guy, Neek at the real Pat man, pretty much posted a spreadsheet showing that pretty much trying to say that Ridley was kind of better off without Julio in the games. Um, yeah, th those are the two that I know that Aaron was probably just like, yo, what, what the fuck are y'all talking about? And damn going on a rant. Social media was a mistake. Advanced analytics was a mistake because like now anybody can make a quick fucking spreadsheet and be like, Oh, well, according to these numbers, He's he's just as good or better. Oh, he had seven touchdowns and thirteen hundred yards. Wide receiver one, wide receiver one. He's the number wide receiver. No, there is a huge difference between a true wide receiver one versus a wide receiver who happens to be the number one wide receiver on their team. Right? No shade to Calvin Ridley. I hope you're great. I hope if Julio's gone, you can step into that true role. But there have been plenty of games when plenty of fans have been shouting at Calvin Ridley for many things he's done in the field, right? He's not great at the point of attack. He's pretty fast. He's old for his time in the league. Like, I get he is a number one wide receiver by default now, and he has some counting numbers, but he's not Julio Jones. Like, look at it like this. 
how many teams does Calvin Ridley go to when he is the definitive number one go-to guy, right? Now look at Julio Jones. How many teams does he go to when he is the number one go-to guy, right? A lot more than Calvin Ridley. Like people are, again, so ready to dismiss what Julio Jones has done and what he can do to the fact where they're just like, oh, yeah, we just like Calvin Ridley in there. He'll, he'll, He'll be just as fine. Like, y'all don't act like Calvin Ridley benefited from Julio Jones being on the other side of the field? Like, huh? Are you serious? Like, does that does every, that make sense? Every – if there isn't a single NFL team that shouldn't be on the phone trying to get uh, Julio Jones. Yeah, we throw something out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you ain't got nothing to lose. But the, the idea that – and again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Count Ridley. I'm not trying to slight him. But it's the fans that are putting him up on this pedestal like he can just slide in for Julio Jones based on some counting stats. We lost 12 games last year. And you guys are worried about, oh, we had 1,300 yards and seven, eight, nine touchdowns. Wide receiver one. Yeah, maybe in fantasy football, that's cool. But fantasy football is not real life. And fantasy football was also a mistake because you have they, these people warp the brains of what NFL players actually are just because they get a couple numbers. Again, Blake Bortles was a fantasy football number one quarterback at one point. Doesn't mean he was actually good. You know what I'm saying? So th- that's just my little my little mini rant right there. But you guys are delusional, very delusional, and it, it just upsets me that your guys' t- takes are this bad, that you, you would argue that the team is better without Julio Jones. Like it, it no, make it let that hurt go. <laughs> I guess, but whatever. So I mean, just to kind of stay in Atlanta, the Hawks are you know cooking the Knicks. A lot of Hawks fans feel vindicated now because I guess Lance Pierce was sabotaging the team, or Lloyd Pierce, whatever his name was, was sabotaging the team. You know, Atlanta sports people just they internalize everything. Like everybody is a hater. Everybody's a hater. Everything's everyone hates battle. them. Me against the world. Like you saw that ridiculous tweet. Like, like that Trey Young picture was cool. Somebody's like, "Yo, this is the the greatest sports photo of our generation." I'm like, it's not even the greatest photo of this NBA season. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it, man. Ride for your squad, but y'all are y'all y'all do a y'all do a bit much. But shout out to them. I see some fans are already. You know, preparing to like they're already shooting some bell. Like, hey man, you know we're good, but I don't think we can beat the the Philadelphia 76ers. Already preparing themselves mentally, like building in excuses after they just talked all kinds of crazy shit about the Knicks. Somebody put like seven grand on the Hawks to win the NBA Finals. I think they'll win That's like crackhead behavior. <laughs> I think they'll win like uh, five hundred thousand dollars if they hit. But that's like but yeah, that's I mean, uncut. That's uncut gems behavior. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, shout <laughs> out to the Hawks, they're doing good. Uh, my Lakers lost today, but I'm not worried about that. Um, apparently, the Atlanta Braves had a player, uh, Ozuna. Uh, he's going to jail, Marcel Ozuna. I guess he uh assaulted his wife, so now they're turning on him, rightfully so. Can't be assaulting your queen, so he's going to jail, so it's like. Atlanta sports can't be, you know, positive across the board. Somebody's got, somebody has to be sacrificed at all times in, in Atlanta sports. It, it can't ever all be good. So we'll see what yeah. the Trey Young does uh, in the next round because this well, series is over. But 
Yeah, no, I mean, and no one's picking the Hawks to beat the Sixers, and there's no shame in that. Like, the Sixers have been the best team in the East and might, maybe the best team in the NBA all year. Like, the Hawks weren't a playoffs team. They haven't been in the playoffs for a little while. They're getting in. They're a young team. Like, you're getting past the first round. That's a, Especially for your first playoff appearance, you're getting to the second round. That's really good. So, like, there's no shame in any of that. And I think, uh, you know, Trey Young, I feel like the stuff that's going around going on around him is mostly happening because he did what he did against the Knicks. Like, you know, everybody was kind of bigging up the Knicks really big. But if you look at the Knicks record and the Hawks record, they're exactly the same. You look at their home and away record, exactly the same. Their point differential, exactly the same. They're the, it's, they're the four and the five seed. So they're pretty much as even as it gets. So to just go in there and say like, hey, you know, the Knicks are just going to steamroll the Hawks or vice versa. It's all about is your star going to show up and be the star of that team? And Julius Randle has not. Trey Young did. Trey Young is going to be a household name from from now on. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but now, like, I guarantee you, the Hawks will have more nationally televised games next year because he had a game winning a game winning shot in the playoffs in Madison Square Garden. As much as I say New York uh, sports, New York basketball doesn't matter, having game winners in that building still means something, you know. So uh, Hawks fans should be happy. Like, And it's it's okay to lose to the Sixers. No one's going to call you guys bums or losers. It's just you lose to the better team. Like, it is what it is. It happens. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, so. I'm super salty about that. <laughs> Super salty that the heat got swept. That shit hurt. <laughs> we regressed so hard. Yeah, people uh, were saying y'all fumbled the bag by not trading Tyler Hero in a package for James Harden. That's yeah. that's an all time. Yeah, Tyler Hero's in a video with Jack Harlow. We're like, yeah, we're gonna keep this kid. <laughs> I'm like, God damn. The kids love the, him, you know. The, the, kids the Jack love Harlow him. curse. <laughs> the curse of Jack Harlow. Jesus yeah. Christ. That song isn't even that good either. I still don't think I've ever heard a Jack Harlow song, but <laughs> I did count uh, eight teams that I think um, old boy could start on Calvin Ridley and be wide receiver number one. Give me two of them. Panthers. Mm, DJ Moore is, I think, I as that. long as him, he has. I, I think he's a little bit better than DJ Moore. Well, well again, and the Lions. Okay, but remember this though: he's like four years older than DJ Moore too, though. You know what I'm saying? But we're not counting age. I'm just saying. No, no, no but I'm, I'm saying I'm. Pro- I guess I'm projecting. Now they had similar stats, though. You know what I'm saying? And again, the NFL is not for long. You're starting at a disadvantage, being older than the average rookie. Like your body is going to break down at some point. You're not overly. You're fast, but you're going to get slower every year. You're not overly big. You're not overly physical. The they're Lions great runner, start but... for them without a problem. The Lions? They have nobody. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not trying, though. Okay. I yeah, you're right. Respected. But, yeah, I, I do think uh, Trey Young is going to be a, a household name now, especially with this style of play. Well, there were some people. I saw a tweet that somebody – you know, Hawks fans are getting excited because for it's some stat, you know, ESPN is like super make up your own stats, but in some stat line they posted, he was in the same uh, category as Steph Curry. And I, I know you love Trey Young guys in Atlanta. I get it. That's your guy. He represents the A very vigorously, but there's only one Stephen Curry. 
Like there's only one light. There can only be one. This is Highlander. There can only be one Lord light. Down. There can only be one light skinned demon out here. All right. So let's let's pump the brakes. Pump yeah. the brakes. I've definitely um, he's not that. I've been enjoying these uh the playoffs this year. Like there's been a lot of good games, a lot of entertaining games, and I just you know I, I do find it funny when people just kind of like a series goes, you know, someone goes up 2-1 and they're like, oh, well, this series is over. And it's like, not necessarily like just because you're up 2-1 doesn't mean a series is over. Like going up 3-1 is pretty much it's pretty much over at that point. But I mean, the Lakers were up 2-1 and everybody was like, oh, the Suns are done. And I mean, they won today. Obviously, Anthony Davis got hurt. But I mean, you, you still got to play the games like it's it's. It's it's the thing that's frustrating about sports media. It's like whenever whoever wins a game in the in a playoff series, that team has some momentum. It's not about who's better or strategizing or anything. So if your team like right now on sports sports television come Monday, they're gonna talk about how are the Lakers in trouble? Do the Suns have their number? Stuff like that just because they won a game today. It's just yeah, they, they got a story. So I mean, kind of time with that ESPN retweeted a post from Rap Caviar hey. who was asking who was the Mount Rushmore of the 2010s in hip-hop. Uh, ESPN, let's see. I guess ESPN had Drake, Kendrick Lamar, and J. Cole, and one missing person. And LeBron James went future Hendrix. And I guess Nicki Minaj took offense to that. Um, side note, it, this goes down to my, you know, the racist podcast again. If we're if we're doing like blacky black stuff, like black culture stuff, can we not reference like the most racist things we can think about? Like Mount Rushmore is just like a monument to slave masters and white supremacists, right? Um, also, I tweet this on Twitter, and this is a great tweet. I'm very upset it didn't get more run. I might have to retweet it. Y'all need to boost my tweet, but. <clears throat> Why in the blackest of black card games do we call the, the best hand the most racist, one of the most racist cities in the country, right? If you're a spades player, having a, you know, one of the best hands in the game is called Boston, right? Why do we call it that? Why can't we call it like a D.C. or an Atlanta or something like that? Why got to be the most racist city in America, Doug? Or at least top five racist cities. Like, we got to stop doing this to ourselves. Anywho, off that rant. So, Drake, I'm sorry. LeBron James had Drake, Kendrick Lamar, Future, and J. Cole. I'm not going to lie. I did absolutely no research on this topic. Um, but I feel like Future is probably not the best answer. But, um, I, again, I said I did no <laughs> research. Um, I initially thought it was just the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. But um, I, I guess Mr. Savage agreed. I saw somebody say some wild shit from TDE real quick before I let you get y'all's takes off. And I hope they deleted that that pic, that tweet, but uh, uh, maybe I didn't save them. Anywho, somebody said some wild shit about their Mount Rushmore right now. It had like Cardi B and some wild shit in there. Anywho, what are y'all's uh, 2020 Mount, 2010's Mount Rushmore and does Future Hendrix, aka Meathead, fit into that? I'm going to actually go with almost the exact same thing that um, my brother man has on there. I mean, definitely Drake has got to be on there. Um, you're going to go with Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole maybe, 
And since it's from the 2010s, I'm going to throw on Wale because he came in with that class. And I still do support Wale. I like Wale a lot. Wale is my pick over Future. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's a – I feel like Future's a really thoughtless pick. Like, I know Future has a very rabid – he has a very rabid fan base. But what is what is the shelf life on Future's music? Like future does not have. And let me let me not misspeak. For for me, I think Wale would probably be the better choice. A lot of people do overlook Wale, but like future don't be really talking about them. Like if we're really thinking about it, like really this dude, hits, all this dude has to do is call a woman a whore and say he's in their collection or. Like the, the same stuff. It's, it's kind just of a like, oh, future. Oh my god, future. Like that. He he literally says the same like three or four things, and y'all really overhype that nonsense. Yeah, I, I I think it's it really goes to what your uh determination is on like Mount Rushmore. So like, are you talking about who were the best artists? of the 2010s because if that's the case then it's probably different but if you ask me who ran the 2010s obviously kendrick drake uh i if we're talking about who ran the 2010s future is on there like his entire career started like in the 2010s and ran runs until now and he's made a bunch of hits made a lot of records people say he has some classics you know he's sold millions of records like he was everywhere uh, in the 2010s. And then I think number four, like, I don't, I, I'm taking J. Cole off of there. And I would probably replace him with, um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Nicki Minaj. I think Nicki Minaj could, could go up there. And I'm, 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 my original thing was to put Kanye West Nigga. on there. I was going to put Nigga. Kanye West on there, but Nigga. we're trying to refrain from wait, that. Wait. So before uh, Mr. Savage jumps in, I looked up. I just randomly looked it up on uh, on the Google machine. So I, I can see your argument for future, but these are the people that Complex has on there. Of course, number one, Drake. Number two, Kendrick Lamar. Number three, Kanye West. Number four, Future. Number five, J. Cole. Number six, Travis Scott. Seven, Jay Z. Eight, Nicki Minaj. Jay Z. Nine, What's Tyler the Creator, and ten, Pusher T. What? So I I just randomly looked it up. I'm gonna look for more lists that maybe look the same. But well, I I was about to say these, these if, were like while while if I was Kanye West is on the list, I'm putting Kanye West in that last spot. So Cause, yeah, because my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out in like 2011. So like no one's beating that. And he had watched the throne. Like he just it, anyway. So the the people that I had on there on my list when I was trying to figure this out was uh, Rick Ross, Nicki Minaj, Future, Kanye, Migos. Sleeper, get them, get them out of here! Like, <laughs> big, Big Sean, Pusha T, Wale, Young Thug, The Game, and Travis Scott. I feel like all those were like in the conversation, but yeah, I, I think Future is a little bit more of a one-dimensional artist, and his highs aren't as high as, say, you know, Nicki Minaj or Kanye West or even a Big Sean. But he was everywhere. Like he's 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 an undeniable artist, and you know. Um, he might not be as influential as you know him or people from Atlanta think he is, but it's hard to it. I feel like it's hard for me to keep him off of that list. Just looking at some of the stuff that he put out in the 2010s. I'm gonna be honest with you. 
I'm taking Thug over Future. Um, I can do that. I'm going to take Thug over Future. But I cannot believe that the Nikki take I get, and I respect that. I do not get Future over J. Cole, though. I I just I don't understand that. I just think his, his uh, I guess, his relevancy. And, and for me, like the whole redundancy thing that I get from J. Cole, I don't get that with Future. Like Future works with other artists. You'll hear him on other songs. Like J. Cole's uh, feature run from 2019 was really great, but that's something that just doesn't happen that often. Future is a, a, a willing collaborator. Like he works with damn near, like he's worked with everyone from Drake. I think he worked with, he wrote for Beyonce, I think. Like he's done a, he's worked with pretty much just, everybody. Ah, I see. I feel like the whole wrote for Beyonce thing, I think that's one thing that. I, I know that writers get credit, but he's re- okay. He's written with Sierra. He, he's on a song okay, with Sierra. Yeah. No, 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 not my fault. My fault with Rihanna. He's on a song with Rihanna, so he can go from working with Rihanna to working with Young Thug or Lil Wayne or Big Sean or uh, Two Chains or Jay Z or Beyonce. Like he's on these records with so many people. He has so many different styles. Like maybe the content is the same. And, and, and J Cole is a definitely. He's definitely a better rapper. But it's just like I'm not getting enough from like, and um, I'm gonna come off as a J Cole hater again. But it's just like J Cole's music is more redundant, the production is more boring, and it's just like if I have to pick between J Cole and Future, like I can only listen to, you know, one of their discographies. I'm I'm probably going J Cole because I I love J Cole as an artist. But like I would understand if someone was like, "Yeah, I'm listening to Future." Like I can listen to Future anywhere. I can listen to Future in a club. I can put on some Future in a strip club. I can put on Future with my lady. I can put on Future by myself. I can put on Future at the gym. J Cole is more—he's a headphones rapper. Like I can listen to him in my headphones. Maybe listen to him in the car. I'm not listening to no J Cole playlist at the gym. I'm not going to the club asking the DJ to put on some J Cole. I'm not going to the strip club and they put some J Cole on and I'm over here throwing ones. Like I don't want to hear folding clothes in the in the in the fucking strip club. Like I don't want to do that. Like that's, so that's, he's that's, rapper, that's why he can. So then I kind of go to this then. To me, if you want to talk about a rapper and versatility and what they can do and and working with everybody, why would you not pick Gucci Mane? Who I could I could say has been just as dominant. I mean, he had the two year prison stint, maybe three year prison stint, but uh, before, prior to prison, he had the game on lock for his lane. And afterwards, he stayed in his lane, had the game on lock, has introduced us to several new artists all the time, including the great Pushaisty. Currently, you know, why can't you pick Gucci Mane over Future? Does 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 oversaturation oversaturation hurt? Gucci man, because that could that hurt? Because like I'm looking, like I'm looking at a. I feel like I'm, he's oversaturated, try- maybe in Atlanta, but I don't think the common person knows he drops 36 mixtapes. Yeah, month. he he puts out so much. Like, and this is the the thing that I'm going to see that's going to be a problem with Griselda, where it's just like they don't let a single project breathe and get life before they're putting something else out. So it's just like they're whatever they put out just gets forgotten because they're throwing out something else right after it. They're rapping like they're trying to get out of a bad record deal. Like, why are they putting out so much stuff? And that's kind of what Gucci does too, where it's just like he puts out so much stuff that you can't appreciate what he does put out because there's always something new. 
Yeah. But yeah, I I, I I could you I feel like there is an argument for Gucci, but I think I would still go with uh future. So definitely uh let us know your top ten. Not your top ten, your top rapper <laughs> of the 2010s. Definitely let us know what you think. Um, leaving Kanye off really hurt though, because it's just like you gotta, I feel you like you could I, I think you gotta keep those guys out of these conversations because uh they're I don't they're should have been in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. The leave those leave the, the, the rap fucking monsters, the rap demons off the list. <laughs> leave it to the rest of the the regular people. So but speaking of rap demons, your boy Pusher T uh went into demon time three years ago with I would say the legendary, maybe one of the top diss tracks of all time. Uh the story of added on. Yes. Uh, it was supposed to be a surgical summer before Drake went and snitched to his daddy. Uh, what? I, actually, no, I'm not gonna say that guy's name. He snitched to that guy, and that guy got things <laughs> um, before it could really get ugly. You know, it is what it is. But uh, just y'all's quick thoughts on on that when y'all heard it. What you what the vibe was? What what you guys were thinking? Because apparently I it, was a, it was a good diss song. It's not one of my greatest of all times. He did go really personal. It went real he, personal. I mean, it's my personal opinion. I don't think it's one of the greats of all time, but it was a really good one. Um, and if we have time, I can give you some of my all-time greats off the top of my head. Plenty of but time. Let's go. Plenty of time. It was a, okay. So time. I'm going to hit him up. I'm going to hit him up. I'm going Gucci Man the Truth. I'm going uh, Jody Breeze, Uptown. Um, let me think. Jack, not Jack of the Beats. Uh, no Vaseline. Um, those would probably be like some of my main ones that I go with. That Uptown by Jody Breeze, that's a fly-ass disc. Like, I like that on Young Jeezy. Um, yeah, those are some of my favorite. Uh, Chameleonaire, his all-out assault on Mike Jones was great, too. Uh, just killed them in every single way that you can. Um, those are some all-time greats. Now his was less cartoony. It did go. It cut real deep and went real personal, uh, which is a good thing for you know a beef to have. And it kind of forced Drake's hand to bring out his son and introduce him to the world. I really wish that because there's been people that have been speculating that man the the diss that he had. For the rebuttal, was just going to be like slaughtering Pusher T and Kanye West, but you know he was advised not to. I wish we would have actually heard it, but um, I wish we would have got like a real full-on beef between the two guys. Like I felt like we got a little bit of him with Meek, where he didn't start out very well, and then he came with back to back and was fire. Would have liked to see more with him on Pusher T, but I mean it. It was a good diss. It was good overall. That's my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I I, I wasn't really too focused on the the kid bars. Like, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I thought they were funny, and I think it's hilarious that whenever Drake does anything with his child in public, that Pusha T starts trending on Twitter. I think that's hilarious. Um, the stuff that he said about forty that 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 was the stuff where I was like, Yo. tick tick tick. How much time you got? That man is six six six. Jesus Christ, dog. I, like that, that is disgusting. That shit <laughs> fucking hurt. I was like, damn, Pusha has <laughs> no mercy on this man. Like. <laughs> I was really thinking, like, dog, this dude is sick, man. And you might have to shoot him. For yeah, that. I was like, yo, Drake might have to pull up on this dude because that's fucking foul. But here's the thing: this and whole shit he, is foul, dog. If you look, at yeah, the all of it is it's foul. Disgusting. And, 
And he even in Drake at later on. And this was because I felt like the battle was for the most part, it was pretty even. Like Drake held and this this is where I gained a newfound respect for Drake as a rapper. Like he he held his own. Like he he destroyed Meek Mill, but he went back and forth with Pusha T. Like those things were hard too. They he was mostly going at Kanye West, but they were still um hard disses. The part where I feel like Drake lost is when he went on, you know, he went and called his OG or whatever. And then he went and did that title podcast where he was just like, yeah, I just felt like, you know, uh, that guy, uh, he just took it too far in the beef. He said some things that you can't really take back. And now it's just like, it's bigger than rap. And it's just, that's not the rules of the battle. And I'm just like, no, that's not how that goes. You just can't like, and that's my issue with Drake. He just starts making up rules as he goes that, fit him like oh you can't talk about my friend like that you can't talk about my kid like that in rap beef anything go there are no holds barred you can respond however you want to but people are going to say whatever the fuck they want to say and you cross the line first so let's not forget about that but like you can't he went on there and started copping please man like you this him back. <laughs> so this goes to what you're saying so anybody listen to the album scorpion he has a song called nonstop and uh, oh, one of the homies on Twitter, uh, I retweet this, but it's hilarious. He uses the title cover art for the podcast. But he said, he said, I'm a wig splitter. I'm a tall figure. I'm an, unres- I'm an unforgiven wild ass dog ninja, right? You can't be wild, unforgiving, wild dog ninja. But then you're getting mad because somebody goes too far in a rap beat that you essentially started. yeah man come on and the thing and the thing is like the the story added on it's not really um i think the reason why i give pusher the uh the w in the beef is that song is just it's way too personal it's it's like ether like ether is not a great I'm, song yeah i was gonna say that too but it ether's not a great song but that shit jay-z is was steaming when he heard that he had to have been steaming when he heard that like no vaseline is personal hit him up is personal story added on is personal like there's some things that maybe you know you just are like god ah, whatever like a throwaway bar but no drake and 40 are sitting at the house pissed this it so here's a bar from Ether. When these streets kept calling, I heard it when I was sleep. That <laughs> <laughs> this gazy cockafella records what it be. <laughs> That's it, it, the wilder part of this is this is a song on an album, right? This is this for all like time. The- yeah, <laughs> this is this is like yo. We have an album. We gotta sell this to the to the label. Put this on here. Yeah, yo. This is, we can't put this on the radio. I think they did. Did they play it on the radio? I think they did. But they this is a wild, this is a wild, problematic, personal, oh. personal. Oh, song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I think you look at songs like like back to back. Back to back is a great song. Like that's like a great song in general. It's a great diss too. But it's this a better song. Problematic. There are some, there are some <laughs> 90s problematic lyrics that will get you canceled, quote unquote, canceled today in uh, in Ether. I need to make a diss track list. That's what I need to do. I might do that this week. 
Some of your favorite diss tracks on the pod or in music at Southbridge 706. I'm gonna make a track list, but god damn. Some of the stuff 50 Cent was saying to Joe. Oh, I wish they put I wish the game shit was on fucking streaming platforms. That 300 bars are running that that would probably be my probably my top five. That shit is hilarious, but uh yeah, but when, when, when we say when we say Drake lost that battle, we're not saying that Drake, you know, his career is going to be hindered or in any way. Like, clearly, his career hasn't been hindered. He's still doing what Drake does. He's still doing Drake numbers. Certified Lover Boy, whenever it comes out, is going to be number one. Uh, it's going to go platinum. It's going to get a lot of play. I'm going to listen to it. Everybody that's listening to this podcast will listen to that Drake album. So, like, Drake is still the biggest rap star going. And he's going to be that for as long as he wants to be. So this isn't this isn't an indictment on his career. But like, how many rappers haven't took an L? Uh, going back and forth with people like Jay Z took an L. He's the greatest rapper ever. That is. I don't true. know if Jay Z really took an L. Like the more and more I go back to it, even before you guys quoted the. The lyrics like ether is actually kind of corny if you want to be honest like it's a very nursery rhyme textbook this not like super ugly was super ugly was on the level of story of adion or adion i'm sorry hey he took some real shots there on that one well it kind of just the thing that hurts super ugly is that like his mom made him apologize publicly for it. That's what kind of takes all that away. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there's it's one thing to just like look at just the songs, but like when it comes to beef, you gotta look at some of the outside stuff too. Like, you know, it like if someone has like a great diss record to a rapper, but then that rapper like sees him and steals his chain and knocks him out, like that record doesn't hit the same because of the outside factors. And Super Ugly, I haven't listened to Super Ugly in a long time, so maybe I need to go back and listen to it. But the fact that his mom made him, like, he was like, yeah, my mom said I went too far, so I'm going to apologize publicly. Like, that's like... He did go kind of far. He did. What's the yeah. what's the one that uh, Cameron did against Jay-Z? Wet Wipes? Oh, wet Wipes. Or... That's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Wet Wipes. <laughs> I'm gonna make you know what? Much. That was really disrespectful, too. He had the video with it. <laughs> And I yeah, forgot about some... 300 bars was nice, but I actually like that. Uh, what was it called? Pest control. The one he did on Meek Mill was an all out assault. Speaking of Meek Mill, that... oh, Jesus. <laughs> he said, said he's a, a different type of stupid. I know I saw <laughs> the, the one tweet about the, the remote controlled vibrating panties, but then allegedly, I don't know if this was true, there was a, another tweet linked to his. Uh, Amazon account that had him purchasing like a a, a ten inch uh, oh come on uh, a ten inch uh, a ten inch dildo that was uh, you could stick it to the wall and I was like Jeez I hope that's not true man I mean but if that's I mean if that's how he gets down that you know whatever floats your boat we're sex positive on the podcast definitely uh, use KTSC Ave at uh, adamandeve.com to get your uh, percentage off <laughs> gang, gang. But, uh, <laughs> But but yeah, that that's uh, that was something else. It was kind of wildly problematic. Um, I don't know how far the the gentleman here wants to go, but before I leave, because I can't do three hours like Marcus wants to push for, <laughs> ah, 
and this is what Mr. Savage talked about earlier in the podcast, but there was a DMX album that was released. Oh yeah. And uh, uh <laughs> you know, God rest the dead. I respect I respect uh, I respect DMX, I respect his family, I respect I respect him as a nah, legend. He could he could have took that shit with him unless he be with it. I would I wanna know <laughs> like bury that shit with him, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did he authorize? <laughs> did he authorize that, or did they? Yo, okay, hold on, hold on. They do keep, without his consent, because I, like, I keep hearing this. I watched, and I don't know if he maybe he's lying. I don't know, but I watched the interview Swiss Beats did on on High ninety seven. He said this album was done like two months ago. Like all these features that they have, everything was done, and then DMX passed like three weeks later. So like. People are kind of getting on Swiss for being like, "Yeah, you just you just called all your friends up to give a verse, and you know uh, you just copy and pasted some old DMX verses on here, and it just it sounded horrible." And it's just like, "Nah, DMX signed off on all of this. This album was, and that's that's me just believing what Swiss Beat said. Like he said that the album was done before he passed away. But even even looking at the uh, the track list, the track list." Even if DMX was alive, man, like if you tell me DMX at his age, at this point in his career, is on a song with Jay Z and Nas, Griselda, Snoop Dogg, um, The Locks, Lil Wayne, yeah, he's getting smoked on all those records. Like based on what I've heard from DMX in the last man. two years, he's getting smoked on all those records, and that's what happened. Like <laughs> DMX, he just I, he, I don't know what he wanted, like. I think I, I saw like Rap by the Number said that uh, DMX contributed to only forty five percent of the verses that are on this album, and it's mostly carried by all the features. So like, yeah, maybe he just wanted all the people that he likes on a project. But like, did we expect DMX to outrap Jay Z in twenty twenty one? Because I didn't. <laughs> did we expect him to outrap outrap Lil Wayne or Griselda? No, like he got outrapped by everybody, but. The mix on bath salts sounds Bro. like some shit from Jam yeah. Electronica's album. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? I was like, look, I, I got these Beats headphones. I know it's not me, right? <laughs> I was like, yo, did y'all did y'all mix this in a fucking? Did y'all mix this in the trap house? Like that shit was bad. Jay like, like rapping over speakerphone or some shit. <laughs> like egg cartons on the wall phone? and shit. Like, like okay, like the the hood blues style feature Baby Bush and Kanye West and Westside Gun. That beat, that beat was. I'm not saying it was wasted, but like I didn't need DMX on that, right? The take control beat with Snoop Dogg, I believe that track was also wasted. Like, there's a lot of good beats that I'm like, he's ah, kind of you. There's only so far a beat can carry an artist, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that should just been a Griselda song, right? Just well, that, that's what uh, um, Pratt said on Twitter. He was just like all these songs should have gone to the artists. Like the song with Griselda should have been on a Griselda album. The Bath Bath Salts should have been on a Nas album or something like that. This Lil Wayne song should have been on a Lil Wayne project. Like it just, I tried, man. I listened to it a lot, but it's just, yeah, it's, I, I it's not terrible, it. but it's just it, not it is, what pretty, I would. It's pretty terrible. I'm not. Let's let's call I like it. Hood Blue. I really like it. Hood Blues. I think Hood Blues is great, but it's like I, I wish I could take Hood Blues and put it on Conway's album. 
without DMXs first. Yeah, I feel like Stove God would have cooked that. But like even on like I know I get you know accused of having an East Coast bias, which we'll talk about another time. Oh, yeah. But like the song Take Control that has a Marvin Marvin Gaye sample, the end of that song was extremely cringeworthy. Hearing it from a 50-year-old man. And if you haven't heard it, let me read these lyrics. No. No, I have to, I have to do this. The outro is DMX and I'm going to use some words that may be hurtful. I am quoting. Uh, I did, This song does not represent the views of my employer. I do not condone these activities. But it's a hundred times worse when you hear it. So the outro is DMX and his 50-year-old gravelly husky, tired-sounding voice saying, man, that's when you come home, come in and wake her up the dick. You know what I'm saying? Not another word. Just slide in bed and wake her up with the dick. Like, Get up, boo boo. Get up, boo boo. Ha ha. Get up, X baby. You know what it is, fam. It who was the universe? Who was the engineer listening to that? Be like, you know what? Yeah, man. Go ahead and keep that. Go ahead and let that ride. No, man. Like, if y'all see me out here wearing like, if you ever see me out here with like Takashi six nine hair or clothes on, I hope you have like the value system. And the integrity to be like, hey, bro, that ain't it. Like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, that's trash. Like, you got to take that off. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I feel like they were just kind of letting some shit ride and slide. That, nah, man. Like, for example, Jay Z's like he's like fifty, right? Yes. Yeah. Jay Z still sounds like an elite rapper at fifty. DMX did not sound like an elite rapper at 50. I don't think that style ages well in rap, if that makes sense. Like, think of like, uh, what's another style that won't age at 50? Like, okay, a good example, like uh, Pushaisi and Lil Dirt. Like, if they were to be still in the game in 30 years, like, Back in Blood is not going to sound good from two 50 year old rapper stock. Like, yeah. that's just going to sound crazy. <laughs> You can't be that aggressive if you have like a pacemaker and high blood pressure and shit like that. Like you, nah, man. Just some styles, some styles don't age. And DMX, R.I.P. The legend that just, nah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on that. But I mean, D- DMX hasn't really been rapping at a high level, like at a great level since 2000, oh, 2000 2001, 2003. I. I don't know. He's he's put out a couple albums within the past couple years, but like they haven't been the DMX. That I, we I know. listened like, to one of the albums. One of them's an EDM album, so I'm not going to include that because that's just a oh, bunch of no. his <laughs> best stuff over EDM beats. But he had another one that came out like in '12, and I played it like a couple of days after he passed. God rest his soul. And I was like, "Wow, this shit is awful. Wow, this is horrible." <laughs> She got Jeez. machine gun killer right. out here. No, thank you. Yeah, we, we <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, he had like MGK on this album, and it just them two together was terrible. And I was just like, wow, you know, because I, I do wonder sometimes because hip hop is such a such a young man's game, but it hasn't really been out and been mainstream for even. I mean, it's probably just now at about forty years. So, getting your Jay Z's, your Nas's, and some of these. They're the first type of rappers we'll ever see in their late 40s and their 50s still going at it. Um, 
but yeah, that style, it, it does not hold up. And then I do kind of feel like if maybe if you're not rapping as much, you lose it. But like I just I just this, this album, it was very, very hard for me to listen to because in your heart you want to like it. I mean, this is this is it. This is the last album that he recorded being alive. You know, and you want to say, hey man, I'm gonna give it a fair shake, I'm gonna give it a fair shot. But it was it was it was bad. Um, there's probably not a single track I would ever play over again. Uh, I, if I don't hear his voice again, I'll be cool. Like on a anything new, that's great. I, I just don't know. Like even Fifty Cent will pop out every now and again, and he'll have like a little song. You'd be like, okay, Fifty back. Oh, he's still got, he's still got a, he got a banger this year that I have on my playlist. Yeah, and he had one last year, if I can recall. DMX. I mean, I, the power soundtrack was fire. Like, yeah, it was the original one before they jacked it up. But, but yeah, the DMX thing, man, it's, it's a sad way to go. But it's time yeah. to Exodus. Facts. So uh, I'm gonna get my song of the week before I dip out. Um, again, I'm, I'm nigga. Hold on, I'm better. dipping out too because I have to use the bathroom and same yeah. thing. <laughs> okay, so yeah. real quick, uh, my song of the week. If you haven't checked out, there's been I, I keep forgetting people always try to talk about the Cardis and the Meg the Stallions and whatnot, but uh, there was a time where people were, you know, calling Young Ma one of the top female MCs in the game. Uh, she has a new project called Off the Yak, and my song of the week is from that called Successful. It's a good track. It's a slow little mixtape. Uh, she. Uh, dabbles in some drill sounds, so definitely check that out. She she can rap like it's a, it's a good project, great project. So definitely check that out. That is my song of the week. Uh, Young Ma successful. So uh, I'm going to go. I've been listening to a lot of R&B lately, like actual R&B, and uh, I listened to Lucky Day. I'm going. I'm going to go with a song called Floods. Uh, it makes me feel something emotionally because I because of the strings on it. I don't know if that's like scientific, but it just feels like it. He's not singing over uh, trap beats or anything like that. He's not doing with he's not doing what like Bryson Tiller and Black are doing, where they're just talking over records. Like I want to hear someone actually sing over like keys and strings and like flutes and stuff. Like I want to hear boom and bass with my R and B singers. So I'm gonna go with Lucky Day, and it's a song called Floods. All right, and I'm actually going to choose mine uh, from the mixtape of the week, uh, Nacho Mama's Memorial Day playlist presented hey. to us by the Ox DJ. Uh, thank you for uh, bringing out this old track that I've kind of missed. I am actually going to go with two from this. Ric Flair Drip. It's been a while since I heard it, but like it just, I was skipping through the playlist a little bit. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I had it on shuffle. And, you know, I got the I got the bass in the trunk and all that, and it came on. I'm like, damn, Ric Flair Drip say, woo, okay, I got you. So um, that, and then an all-time favorite of mine, um, Atlanta's own, one of the all-time greats out of the A, Shout It Low with They Know, also on their playlist as well. Um, if y'all could do us a favor, definitely check out uh, the playlist. It's definitely good, something to ride to. But you got some 12s banging in the trunk. Or you just, you know what I'm saying, want to want to go to a little barbecue spot this week, go on ahead and play Not Your Mama's Memorial Day playlist by the Ox DJ. I'm AC3 Savage, the young gunner, you know, even though I'm not that young. Um, shout out to El Chapa. Shout out to Jeff and her amazing rack. Uh, oh shout gosh. out to all my niggas Jesus from the Christ. west side. 
of all my niggas from the west side of Jacksonville. Shout out to everybody doing it big. I'm out. Yeah, fuck shout out to all the uh, uh, shout out to all the Boston fans who can't stop being idiots. They just asked you to stop being racist, and you threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving after your team got blasted. Like you guys are embarrassing. You're an embarrassing fran- franchise and fan base. Rev, that's your team. It's mm. embarrassing. Also, uh, shout out to the uh, 100th anniversary of the uh, race massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Black Wall Street. If you're not aware of that, definitely check that out. It's a great history. As uh, some people in this country are trying to rewrite history, trying to make it against a lot of talk about issues of race where black people were massacred for doing absolutely nothing. Actually, they uh, perpetuated the, the the common trope of uh, black man does X to white woman, whether it be true or false, let's just kill them all. So if you've watched the HBO series, uh, The Watchmen, that kind of delves in, it kind of weaves that story into it, but definitely check out the, the entire story of Black Wall Street. Uh, pretty much one of the times in history where black people try to be uh, kind of a self-sustaining city you know, do everything our own, and uh, uh, the, the people couldn't handle it. So definitely uh, check that out on your history. This is uh, KTSC Ab episode 55, uh, where we do not we just kick it. Shout out to everybody who rocks with us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you get any podcasts. We out. Peace. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.